This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening once again everybody and welcome into the KCLR studio here in Kilkenny for episode number 17 of Come On Kind this evening. We have a busy schedule ahead. We have Fiona Hickey, former Limerick player, lined up to talk to us on the phone shortly about the Galway and Limerick game at the weekend. Also about Limerick coming to Kilkenny this weekend in I suppose a must-win clash nearly um, for both counties to keep their uh, championship prospects going for the year. Also to review all of the other games that was in the Glen Dimplex Senior Championship and preview the upcoming intermediate game as well. Plus, under-14s with uh, the development squads, the lowest development squads, Brian Doheny will be joining us later on to discuss that as well. But first of all, I'm going to push a button here and welcome into the programme and the very first time on Come On Kind, we welcome Fiona Hickey from Limerick. Fiona, you're very welcome. Hi, thanks many, Michael. How are you all? Uh, we're all good now. Can't complain at all at all. It was a busy weekend last weekend. I suppose he had the toughest uh, draw of the whole lot having to go to the current All-Ireland Champions up in Pier Stadium in uh, Galway. Wasn't an easy place to go, Fiona. Um, were you at the game and how do you feel, or feel, I should say, that uh, Limerick got on again, the All-Ireland Champions? Um, yeah, yeah. Tough, tough match. Tough opening round for Limerick. We always seem to get a very tough opening game unfortunately but um, I didn't make it to the game myself I went to the junior match who also had a very very tough opening round to um, probably what would be the All-Ireland Champions Armagh they were they were exceptional but um, with regards to Pierce Stadium yeah sure the girls like I was keeping an eye on and I've talked to a good few people about it since um, the halftime score like 2-1 to 4 points uh, they started very well um, and I suppose keeping Galway the All-Ireland Champions to 1 point you know, in a 30 minutes of Camogie was, you know, no mean feat. So they would have been delighted with that, I think. Um, I suppose Galway did pull away and ended up winning by 14 in the end. But I suppose the scoreline, the, the old the old phrase, but it didn't really reflect, I suppose, the performance of the girls. You know, we'd, we'd quite a young team going out there, a few inexperienced girls. So it was a, a nice way to, to, I suppose get them started in their Limerick Senior Championship careers I suppose I suppose we've said it here numerous times that you are a team that has been in transition over the last number of years as you say you have brought on a lot of young players as well we know that from the last time uh, that you played earlier on this year in the league in Callan as well you really put the fight up to Kilkenny and to even bring Galway to two points into the second half as well before you say they pulled away in it as well I mean there must be great hope there for the future of them girls I mean it's probably a long-term project to get up to the standard you know of the likes of the Galways and the Corks and that you're probably looking at a couple of years time would that be fair to 100%, say? 100% yeah and like trying to I suppose listening to John Lewis's interview after the game again you know it is it is a process you know what I mean it's not going to happen overnight I suppose the best thing for Limerick now or the most important thing would be kind of consistency both when it comes to management and players players on the pitch it's, it's just becoming a bit of a mammoth task I suppose the split season doesn't do wonders for the old uh, teams that might be in the top tier four you know they see the chance of kind of I suppose having a bit of a summer if, if they don't commit you know we've had a few girls who didn't commit to Limerick this year unfortunately and I suppose the same girls have been playing football and Camogie for their clubs um, for their dual players and playing football and Camogie for their clubs and you know non-stop I suppose over the last few years and you know you know the way I see it is I suppose they saw a chance to kind of have a bit of a break and still be able to play club Camogie and um, it, it is hard to keep those girls 
going at the at the highest level when, you know, realistically, once you're outside those top three teams, you know, it is hard to see where, you know, you, you're going to keep playing until the end of the end of the summer, unfortunately, you know. I suppose when you mention football, do you find is that it's hard enough to try and get girls to commit to the camogie, especially if you have dual players? I mean, we know the way things are going at the minute that it's very hard for dual players to be able to play both sports um, and compete against one another, that the fixtures are clashing in the whole lot. So do you find that you're uh, competing an awful lot with the LGFA in Limerick? We are a bit, yeah. I suppose it's kind of, at the moment, it's probably a slightly more appealing task if you're if you are you know a dual player I suppose football they're playing at junior level um, they, they have a very good team they have very good prospects to continue playing up and probably till the end of the summer they're in their bouts with All-Ireland semi-finals and finals and I suppose it's hard to kind of see that from a camogie side of things so you know if you know the football is getting stronger in Limerick which is it's great to see but it does it does have a draw then for for, for some girls who might have committed camogie for the last few years and might be seen any you know fruits for their labour you know there hasn't been silverware in Limerick for you know for quite some time now at an adult level I'd say 2017 was the last time we had a I suppose we won the month of championship 2017 but that's the last time we've had some silverware so it is hard to keep girls motivated and stay playing you know so you know it's it's a double-edged sword really the split season you know because they are, they are you know strong club players I suppose as well and they are getting their camogie fix that way but I suppose what we want to see in Limerick is girls committing you know and trying to get back to the top level the top table where we were I suppose we were getting close to it a few years ago but things seem to have dipped a small bit unfortunately and talk about competitiveness and competition and the whole lot the group that uh, you're in along with ourselves doesn't get much easier you have an away trip to ourselves on Saturday it's going to be part of a double header in UPMC Nolan Park with our intermediate game uh, against Kildare but it's one and I know from talking to John after the league game the last time these are the kind of games that he relishes um, especially to be going up against Against what would be perceived by a lot of people as maybe one of the top tier counties in the country uh, at the minute. So, I mean, how do you think that John is going to approach the game on Saturday? Yeah, I suppose we've actually had good form against Kilkenny. You know, we haven't, I suppose, come away with a win for a few years, but like it's it's always been nip and tuck. Um, I know I say in, 19, in 2019, it was only, we only lost by a point, you know, and we were kind of leading a good bit through that game and maybe it was two or three points only in 2021 as well. Um, and even in this year, like, you know, with a very, very inexperienced bunch of girls, you know, there was only like, you know, it was an eight point loss at the same time the girls performed really, really well. So we have a good bit of form against Kilkenny. I'm not saying, you know, Jesus, we're guaranteed to come out with a result here or anything, but I don't think the girls I think the girls will be looking forward to it and like we did get drawn Galway and um, Kilkenny playing Galway and Kilkenny first which would be two I suppose of the fixtures it would be the most difficult in the group so kind of I'd say the girls are just looking forward to kind of getting stuck into these two games seeing if they come out with some kind of a result as I said unfortunately in Galway it didn't go their way but they will be delighted with their you know definitely 40 if not 45, 50 minutes of a great performance and then before Galway pulled away. So I, I think the girls will be excited about it. John, John will be excited about it. Um, and you'd hope then this um, possibly, you know, like best outcome would be to get a result on Saturday. But if that doesn't happen, at least you have, I suppose, you know, three more games of teams that wouldn't be inside the top three to really, really try. And I suppose hopefully they've established a, a team there and that we'd a few back from injury the last day, which was great. I suppose it was nearly our strongest side of the year where Nora O'Neill, our goalie, is still recovering from a shoulder injury. So you'd hope she'd be back towards the end of the year. She won't be back now for next again, but she, hopefully she'll be back towards the end of the year. And other than that, then I think we're nearly at our, our full strength at the moment. But it, it took quite some time to get everyone back from I suppose, injury 
COVID and uh, you name it, we've had it this year, you know. I suppose Fiona you know obviously last weekend didn't go you know to plan for yourselves but as you've said like the girls can take great confidence in the fact that they did put it up to Galway for a good 45-50 minutes you know they have another titanic battle against Kilkenny now again this weekend but as you said yourself you know the games after that surely that the girls are definitely going to be feeling confident that you know even if they don't get a result that they're pushing up a good 45-50 minutes against probably two top teams in the country Yeah 100% and you have to take confidence from that I suppose as I said like it's a lot of like the four debutants last day, you know, you have to, I suppose, give these time, give these girls time to develop, give the squad time to develop, give John a chance to get to know the girls. And as he said himself, it's, it's not a, it's not a one year thing. It's not a 20, 22 thing. This is, you know, hopefully going to be like a, a two, three, four year partnership between John and the girls. And you'd hope that, I suppose, these games, these really tough games against the best teams in the country will stand to them. And you'd be hoping then when it comes to teams, as I said, that aren't inside the top three, that they'd be really, really hoping for a result there after, I suppose, you know, getting getting their, their foot their, getting the foot in the championship against your, your tough team. So yeah, definitely. Um, I think they'll be excited about the prospects of the rest of the year. And what do you think it's about Limerick when they see Kilkenny jersey? I feel like every time Kilkenny and Limerick kind of come up against each other in the Camogie, Limerick show absolutely no fear at all with the girls. Like they really do put it up to them. Like we've seen them in the league last year. They really put it up to Kilkenny beyond in Burr. They've come to Nolan Park, which looks like they love coming to Nolan Park. They love to play Kilkenny in their own backyard. You know, is it, you know, is it a mindset like that they don't have the, like they don't have the fear against Kilkenny? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, and we were only saying that about the, I suppose, the new girls as well, like the girls who haven't, they've never worn a, a Limerick jersey, um, you know, in an adult capacity. And those girls will have, you know, along with our experienced players who won't wear Kilkenny or Cueva Costello, who put on a great, a great show the last day, Rebecca DeLee, you know, Moran Kramer, are more experienced players, you know, they're being supported now by these, these the, the young blood, the new girls coming in who will absolutely have no fear because they don't know what they expect. And, you know, I think that will stand to our girls on Saturday, definitely. I suppose the important thing as well, Fiona, is, especially in your own case, as well for John and the girls, is just to, I suppose, avoid relegation battle. Um, you know, if you're in it, well, then it's the the chance of staying there in the whole up. But um, you'd certainly be targeting a couple of those games, albeit Antrim's result over Offaly is probably a, a shock to some people, mm. you know, over yeah, last weekend. Yeah. Um, but I suppose John will be targeting a couple of those games to get a couple of wins and stay out of the relegation battle. Yeah, 100%. Like, I was in, they got relegation now in the league and it was, it was, just a, it was a really sad day. I was both there in money gone and, like, you know, we've always put it up to Offaly. Now, Offaly have always, you know, there's always been a bit of a, a, a battle there, but we've always come out on the right side of it. And I suppose it was just, a, it, was an, it was a sad day. Now, again, we had injuries on the same day. You know, Captain Mar- Marion Quay was only recovering from COVID and she was very sick and made a big impact when she did come on. So I think that this, you know, we did still think we might get over the line, even having a few injuries and a few, um, a few girls who weren't, I suppose, back to full fitness. But, it was a sad day and I do not think the girls want to experience that again. It's not the end of the world. We saw it happen to Waterford last year and they ended up in the non quarter final. It's not the end of the world. At the same time, no no team would wish for that to happen. So I think that'll be a huge goal this year and avoid any any sniff of a relegation battle. Yeah, as opposed for the development of counties as well, you want to be playing the top teams as well. I mean, I know Waterford did get relegated, but when you look at their league form as well and then coming into the championship and even the match last weekend against Dublin, um, mm. the form didn't really go into them. And I mean, Dublin came away with a two-point victory and what wasn't the best of first halves, I was watching the first half live um, on the stream, um, you know, and you'd be just 
disappointed with some of the, the performances and maybe they're too heavily dependent on Beck Carton and Neve Rocket there to be getting scores and when they're not getting the scores they're not getting the results either maybe that's been not fair to Waterford or whatever but it certainly looks that way um, but the other thing I want to ask you about and I'm not trying to draw you into to trouble or anything now here either <laughs> but um, we've seen recently about the profile of Camogie and how it's been trying to be progressed up I suppose in line with the men's and the whole lot and it was great that you were part of a double header at the weekend as well um, in Salt Hill before the hurling games but I don't know I always wonder about these and I've seen it online as well that maybe it was just a genuine mistake but there was no part of the programme that the teams was actually in the um, in the camogie uh, the two Camogie teams weren't part of the programme that was done by the uh, the GAA and that which was very unfortunate for spectators that was going to the games that mightn't know all the players and might know to some of them but um, while it's great to be on the stage do you feel that the, the Camogie is still getting the same level uh, of commitment and maybe the same level of support I suppose from the uh, the GAA when it comes to the double headers. Yeah, I suppose double headers sometimes they're 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 great on paper, you know, but I suppose that game was thrown in at half three and the the second game was thrown in at seven o'clock. I don't know if many people are gonna be going in for a game around three o'clock and staying on till about, you know, after nine for um for two games, you know what I mean? It's it's it, they say it's double header but at the same time I suppose the matches are a bit closer together. There's it's not really when you look at the time ten. frame. Yeah, you might be able to get like, you know, a few people in for the a few of the hurling supporters in for the second half. Um with regards to the programme there has been, you know, we have had um communication. I know uh, we were very, you know, I suppose obsessed about it really. Like it's um and Sarah for the PRO for Galway, I was in touch with Sarah and Sarah worked really hard on getting all the information and like as a PRO and you know yourself, Michael, volunteer position, like you, you put a lot of work into it in your spare time and you know, for that not to actually appear in the program, um, it was, you know, it was a bit of a kick in the teeth, but I know Sarah worked really hard on that and it, it has been addressed by the Camogie Association and there was an investigation done into it. The, the, the work was gone in, but apparently it was just human error that the that the pages didn't actually appear in the program. Like, I know we sent off our team and, you know, you know, information about the players and stuff. So all the all the information was there. We we got our work done, but unfortunately, it was a genuine, I think, um, uh, human error on the side of the printers for the program, which was a beautiful looking program. We've seen pictures of, uh, you know, the all the the hurling teams mentioned on the front of it and everything. So it was just a pity because, you know, I suppose even things like that, like as a bit of memorabilia for the girls. It's a great occasion to be playing in Pierce Stadium. I know Galway themselves haven't even played there that much. So, you know, it'd be a nice bit of something to throw into a drawer and look back in years to come. So it, it was a it was a real pity. But I, I can't see something like that happening again because, as I said, there was a lot of work put into that um, by the Galway PRO. And I know she'll be fairly annoyed now that it didn't appear in the programme. But um, I do think that something like that will not happen again. You know, things are things are progressing. They're slow, but they're progressing. But... Um, I suppose we just need to keep pushing forward and keep pushing for, I suppose, more and more double headers and try and get them, I suppose, starting with throwing times a bit closer to each other. So, you know, our game does get seen by the hurling spectators. Um, because I know the, the day of the double header inside the Gaelic Crown, I couldn't speak highly enough about the place. Um, you know, uh, other than the bad results we got against Tip, it was it was exceptional, you know, and a lot of spectators did come in to see the girls um, definitely towards the end of the, of the second half. Uh, we had a lot of spectators come in to see that match and, you know, um, it's great to see information available in the programs and everything. So, uh, hopefully, something like that won't happen again. And um, as I said, like the profile is definitely improving. Um, I suppose not as fast as we'd appreciate it, but at the same time, we're getting there. 
Exactly. Slow and steady, as the fella yeah, says, as they yeah. go. Well, we certainly look forward to the meeting with yourselves on Saturday. It should be a, a great occasion. It is two Camogie games in UPMC, Nolan Park. And if people want to go, it's certainly the place to go. It's a nice venue for spectators and the whole lot. And it's easy enough to get into it as well. So hopefully the crowds will come from Limerick. Um, I know you're working on a couple of uh, teams, hopefully to be able to play at half time as well, along with yeah. your counterparts that's down. That we have two from Kildare that has been confirmed as well which is great so it's going to be a great spectacle and we all yeah, look forward Yeah and just on that Mike that's a fair play that's a, it's an unbelievable idea it's simple it's so simple but as you said it just gets people coming to matches it gives the girls a chance when would you get your under 12s out playing in Nolan Park you know what I mean it's, it's a really good idea to just improve the profile of Camogie and get those get those young girls out on the pitch I suppose before you know they see their, their own you know superstars playing in the seniors and the intermediate jerseys so yeah fair play to you well it certainly gives young girls a chance to play in nice stadiums yeah. as well which is all about the promotion of the sport as well Fiona really appreciate the time uh, for you taking the call with us this evening and previewing the game and giving us your opinion on last weekend's game as well and if you're in Nolan Park on Saturday be sure to call up to us and we'll be sure to have a chat and I'll cup of tea in a chat, Michael. Will do. Thanks, Mill. Definitely. Thank you very much. Cheers. That Bye. was Fiona Hickey, the PRO and former <laughs> player with uh, Limerick. She is the PRO with the Limerick County Board down there. Anya, it was a great weekend for you, in fairness, with your predictions. There was only uh, one of them, really, that you got wrong. But we're going to start off, I suppose, first of all, with the Down and Kilkenny game. Um, when you look at the results... It was a long 550 kilometre round trip journey for the team to go. They got on the score sheet early, got the business done, got the three points on the board, came away with a 13 point victory, but down put it up to them by all accounts. Yeah, they certainly did. And I suppose from reading some of the reports that were available to us from it, it, it did look like, you know, for the first half that down were really kind of keeping it up to it. And, you know, a lot of that was thanks to Neve Mallon and Denise Gall seemed to be really on fire with her freeze as well on Saturday. Um, you know, after 10 minutes it was 7 points to 4 in favour of Kilkenny and you know Kilkenny only went in um, what was it 111 to 8 points I think at half time or I could be wrong at that but you know it wasn't I suppose the end result as they say didn't reflect the actual match and I suppose that would be fair enough to say and I'm sure both teams would would be fair enough in saying that good to see that Kilkenny got you know the use of five subs as well got get, got to give um, girls a good run out there too so yeah I think you know definitely not uh, not an unexpected result by any means you know we were expecting Kilkenny to go up there and you know to win comfortably in that and you know first day out you know three points on the board that's a big thing and you know that's what Kilkenny's focus is but I'm sure literally after the final whistle last weekend they're focus really is turned now to the Limerick game this weekend and you know it's going to be another massive game for them too Yeah we said at the last day that Denise hadn't really got a shot at goal for a freeze everything seemed to come from play um, the last couple of matches against Offaly in Dublin in the Leinster Championship whereas last weekend seemed to be nearly a free contest between Denise and Neve Mallon um, you know Neve I think got four points from freeze Denise got 13 points in total I can't say exactly how many of them was from freeze mm-hmm. but I know it was a lot um, you know we like to see free flowing play now we can't say what kind of a game it was with freeze but by all accounts in the media and the whole lot it was uh, there was a lot of freeze in the game Um you know, which is great that Denise scored him the whole last 13 point victory mm-hmm. um, is good to get on the board but as you say they'll be focused now on Limerick for the weekend ahead they have a tough schedule coming ahead yeah. Limerick on Saturday and then in a fortnight time they have another away trip then up to Antrim which I think that game is going to be in Dunloy as well from by all accounts so uh, you know Brian will be targeting 
these early matches on before mm-hmm. they come down to the, the Galway game and as we just heard from Fiona Limerick did put it up to Galway for lots of period of time in that game mm-hmm. and as you said to Fiona as well they put it up to Kilkenny anytime they see the jersey so this is not going to be a dead set certainty No it's certainly not Like, and I feel like as I said to Fiona I do feel like anytime that Limerick come up to Kilkenny they relish in it they relish in the opportunity to play in Nolan Park they always kind of they bring they bring a certain standard with them and they they like to put on a show um, against Kilkenny like, and they did it in Burr last year in the league as well Like, so you know it's you know it would be hard to say that you can't see Kilkenny coming out with a comfortable victory in it like let's to be fair like I, I don't I can't see it going any other way but I do think Limerick are going to come with their own bit of self-belief yeah it's very hard for a team that got a beaten at the weekend by what they did to have to turn around and play seven days later and come up against like a top you know another top team in the in the grade so you, it is going to be very hard but the only thing for Limerick is having these two really competitive games first one's against Galway second one's against Limerick okay or second one's against Kilkenny even if the results don't go their way this weekend they'll probably show huge confidence that they're after having two really really tough games that when it comes down to playing their third game of the round that they'll be kind of looking at it going well listen we're taking the positives from the previous game we can only talk about Galway at the moment Mm -hmm. they hurled they kept into them for 45 minutes they can take that to to their third group game and like you know make a stand for themselves they can still qualify you know if they keep if they're hurling as well as it sounds like they're hurling they could potentially come out of the group they could Um, and you know anything is very possible in that you did predict all right the Galway and Limerick game that it would be a victory for Galway the Kilkenny down one you got right as well um, when it comes then to the Offaly and Antrim game you actually predicted that one very very well you know it was a, an easy enough victory for Antrim 418 to 110 in the end Offaly is going to be fair disappointed with that result no disrespect to Antrim mm-hmm. they performed very very well as we said they would but Offaly would be targeting certain games probably that one mm-hmm. um, and it's disappointing that they didn't come away with the win from an Offaly point of view Yeah certainly for an Offaly point of view I think the fact that they are you know a, a senior team and you know a senior team for many years to have kind of like you know the new kids on the block coming up to them and maybe giving them a lesson in it you know Antrim I think after watching them last year in the All-Ireland final there's a whole new lease of life to them. These girls have nothing to lose as well. And to rake up a massive score like that in your first debut in a senior championship, my God, imagine the boost of confidence they're going to have going into next weekend. Like, after getting a really good victory over Offaly, they'll be fancying their chances to get out of the group stages as well. Like, and you know, putting up that score as well, it's going to bring nothing but confidence. But you could see that in Antrim. Like, you could see their form throughout, you know, last year's championship and as well this year, this year too in, in, the, um, in the league. Like, they're they're targeting senior and that's they where they want to be and you know I would imagine that their aim is probably to get to a quarter final really and then if anything happens after that it's a plus for them well, and you know Kilkenny then the following week they're getting Kilkenny in their own knows? back door as yeah. well I mean they have Down next mm-hmm. uh, you know it's another home game for Down but they played them the last couple of times and Antrim have come away with the last two victories uh, when they've met one another so I mean Antrim could potentially have six points on the board by the end of next week so how do you see that one going? Do you know what like I think that's going to be it's going to be a massive game for both teams I suppose for Down 
you know, I suppose we haven't really got much feedback from Reid the match, but I suppose if you're to look at it on paper, down kept it into Kilkenny. They really did for long periods of time. So they'll have that bit of confidence knowing that they can nearly compete with one of the top three teams in the country. Antrim on the other side, yeah, as we said, the new the new kids on the block, but to rake up a score like that, you would have to fancy that their confidence is high and the fact that they're after getting the last two over on down, they'll be considering to take and getting a three in a row there. I would imagine that could be the game of the group next weekend. And I think Antrim could barely get through that. Okay, that, yeah. that's a bold statement to be making. Um, I suppose Waterford and Dublin um, as well. You did predict that Dublin was going to win it and they did. Um, it was a two-point victory for Waterford, I think 14 points to 12 or 111 to 12 points. Um, you know, I watched the first half of it, as I said to Fiona, um, disappointed enough with Waterford to be honest with you mm-hmm. now I've read a lot of reports afterwards as well and Jerry Glynes wasn't too happy with the officiating that was going on um, in Welsh Park down in Waterford but uh, Dublin have been there or thereabouts and they've got uh, a couple over on Waterford now the last couple of times they're after playing them yeah they certainly have and you know what I think Dublin are really kind of coming to the fore as well and you know I suppose after the Leinster final after the Leinster final defeat to Kilkenny you know, any team could have went into that dressing room. They could have had their heads down. And, you know, the last thing you would have wanted was, you know, a first round championship the following week. But Dublin really seemed to have picked themselves up. I just, I seen um, a short clip uh, from Adrian O'Sullivan after the game. Like, and he said, like, it was a very tough and emotional week. I think a lot had happened yep. up in Dublin um, within the camp, you know, was say, you know from girls you know friends had passed away and you know whatever the case may be and we're thinking of all their their family we're thinking of Dublin team at the moment but you know for a group of girls to have such emotions put on them you know the week of a championship match and to be able to come out and to come out on top in that you know it's a really really good statement by Dublin and I think you know getting off the first game in the in their group stages getting off to a win like that's a massive thing for them as well It is and it's a way victory as well for mm-hmm. Dublin which will uh, Sully will be very happy about that one um, I suppose looking at their game then uh, at the weekend coming it's against Clare and we know that Clare put it up to uh, Tipperary over the weekend and that game ended in a draw Um, so first of all how do you see Dublin's chances with Clare over the weekend Uh, and we'll get to the Clare-Tipperary game in a minute (laughs) Do you know what like Clare I really think like I did not expect them to get a draw against Tipperary at the weekend but I feel like this Clare team are just coming out of nowhere like I think that's going to be a tough one for Dublin I think having to go to Clare Clare after getting a draw the first uh, in their first outing I think Clare are going to win that game Oh, okay. Mm. That that's a that's a bigger bold statement to me. Well, I mean, in fairness, we have seen Clare playing. Yeah. Um, we see what they've done to mm-hmm. Kenny the day below and Ennis that that we played him as well. So, I mean, it's no great shock. They've drawn with Tipperary the last uh, two monster championship games. They bet yeah. him in extra time. Um, in that one, you know, so. I suppose it's not really a surprising thing coming up against the the Tipperary game over the weekend as well. It ended in a draw. Yeah, uh, you know, a little bit of controversy towards the end. Well, <laughs> I I don't know. Is there? I I've watched the ending of it because I was watching online and I seen a hell of a lot of reports and most of it was against the referee. Now, in fairness to Justin Heffernan, mm-hmm. I can't say whether he told the player that the time was up. But Tipperary had a free that was a long way out, and when the free was being taken, the ball was well up in the air when he blew the full time whistle. So if he had said this is it and the ball didn't go directly over the bar that's it time is up 63 minutes was on the clock 
caught Devan had to wait a couple of seconds before the ball dropped into her hand and then she did bury it in the end afterwards so technically the referee was correct in his interpretation Okay I know right (laughs) and I know I'm not going to win this argument against you but in saying that if the ball is still in mid-air Yep it's not in play But like okay regardless of it you know could the referee not hold out and wait for the ball to drop But then that would be very unfair on Claire like if you put up and unless there was additional injury time so the referee says there's three minutes of additional time right it's always at least three minutes just in case there's injuries Mm -hmm. in that three minute period of time well if the three minutes is on the clock and he looks at his watch and the three minutes is up and the ball is still up in the air and nobody has possession of the ball he's going to blow the full time whistle yeah I don't know I think I just think that I don't know I would I would be I would feel very hard done by if I was a tip player now in that situation I really would and if you were Claire on the other side you'd be oh, yeah, raging you'd, that was after happening yeah you'd like you know it is you'd be elated that the referee blew the whistle and the ball mid-air but I do think you know I think that's a, I think it's a very harsh decision like okay who's to say like the ball you know initially it mightn't have gone into the back of the net or whatever the case may it might have been you know driven back down the field or whatever the case but I do think in that situation I do think he should have at least waited for the ball to drop to the ground or you know then done something about it but I don't know I just I just found it a little bit hard in saying that like just to you know not to be let's not kind of you know be criticising you know decisions or whatever the case may be well me criticising because I'm the one that's criticising it but to go back to the Tipperary Clare game I've always been of the opinion that Tipperary have been in the top four, that are in the top four of the senior ranks. And now, you know, we've, we're always speaking about, you know, we need the chase and pack. We need them to get up yeah. to pace. Like, so like the question is now, like, have Clare caught up to the pace or have Tipperary really gone back in themselves? We've seen Clare in action in the league, what they did to Kilkenny. Like they really, really put it up to them. So I think, you know, this nev- this gap that we're kind of saying, like it has to close, it has to close. I actually think it's coming a lot sooner than we have expected. And I think it's probably coming from the underdogs in Clare. I think that Clare are really pushing, going to put a, an amends on their championship this year. And I think they're going to put a massive mark on it. And I think, you know, that's a really big result for them against Tipperary. And I think now getting getting Dublin at home, I think they're going to come out with a result after that. And then like, you know, they've Wex for the following week. I would be expecting a result from that. So they're three games in and they've potentially two wins and a draw. So I think Clare are really going to, they're going to come out all guns blazing for this championship. And I wouldn't be surprised if you're they're hitting into a quarterfinal. Yeah, well, we've always said we do need the, tray, the pack coming behind and coming up and stepping up to the mark. And it certainly looks like that Clare has stepped up to mm-hmm. the mark um, the way it's going. So yeah, that was a, a good result, we could say, for Clare. Probably disappointing for Tipperary. Yeah. Despite lads giving out about the last you know play that was in mm-hmm. I mean when you look at it there was 63 minutes that was there and it was 10 points apiece for each team that there was loads of chances to win it in normal time and it couldn't happen so I mean you know you have to just take what's there in front of you and if you can't beat a team in the 63rd minute of a game like you know a draw is probably the fairest outcome to be coming into it but uh, when we look at it so uh, you're saying Clare is going to beat Dublin the next one Tipperary then and Wexford for this weekend coming like I know it's in I know it's in Wexford it's in their backyard but I I genuinely think that Tipperary should have enough to do with it I really hope I'm wrong in saying that Tipperary have gone back but you know and I hope it's a case that Clare have progressed so much but I do think Tipperary will be I think Tipperary need to get a result 
against Wexford. Um, I think they'll be stronger than Wexford in 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 this particular game. Um, I know we're going down to I know it's going down to Wexford, and you know Wexford down in Wexford. I presume it's probably going to be Belfield again. More than likely, yeah. yeah. You know that seems to be where that Wexford do play a lot of their their home games. I would be expecting Tipperary to come out in victory in that game. Okay, so we'll chalk that one down to Tipperary. Uh, Waterford and Cork. Um, you know, you, you said that Cork was going to beat Wexford and they did do so. I'm just looking for my results here in front of me. It was uh, 2 14 6 mm-hmm. It was a home game for Wexford as well. So, you know, we heard Davey uh, last night on the Sunday game saying that these girls were training hard and putting in a, a good effort in the whole lot and they were going to be pushing um, for places this year and going all the way if they could and you know it's a good start for them as well especially in Wexford's home yard which we know at times can be very very tough yeah no it can absolutely and you know I think for me it was definitely I I don't think it was very questionable the result that was going to come out of there I think Cork will find themselves having two wins out of two after this weekend as well I just fear for Waterford they're just I just don't think that they're really up to scratch there at the moment Um, I know that they were playing in Division 2 but I don't know if I don't know if Division Two actually aided them in any way, you know, for Division One, and because there is a massive, like, there is a huge step between Division One and Division Two. And let's be honest about it, I don't know if Division them competing in Division Two has really helped them in any way progress for senior for senior championship. You know, if you're going to be playing in senior championship, you really need to be competing at Division One. And I just think in this case for Waterford, I think this, it's having to play in a Division Two has really, like, you know, it's dampened their whole. Of progression, I don't think they're getting. They're not getting the same quality of matches that they would have been getting at Division One. Um, so I definitely do think it will be a Cork victory again this week. Okay, so we chalked that one down to Cork, which brings us to the last game then of this weekend's round, and it is Offaly against Galway. Now it is another home game for Offaly, but you'd be fearful, uh, especially coming up against the All Ireland champions, and especially with what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I suppose. After the defeat that they got against Offaly or got against um, Antrim at the weekend, I honestly can't see Offaly trying to turn it over here and getting and getting a victory here. I think Galway are just cruising at the moment. You know they've really continued on from their league form, and you know they definitely are at the moment the team to beat. Um, you know. I, I, you couldn't you couldn't go any other way it has to be a Galway Galway victory I suppose this weekend OK well we chalk that one down to uh, Galway on that it's going to be a good weekend for Kilkenny as we said earlier mm-hmm. it is going to be a double header in Nolan Park our intermediates are out first against Kildare 2 o'clock then we have the senior game at 4 o'clock yeah. um, against Limerick it's going to be a great spectacle you know yeah. we urge spectators to get there you know tickets are cheap they're available through uh, all the social media lines on Kilkenny Kenny Camogie's uh, Facebook page Instagram uh, Twitter accounts or they should be anyway later on as soon as they're released by the Camogie Association but it's great to have both teams together in the same venue and both games are going to be broadcast live on KCLR 96 FM Yeah it's absolutely brilliant it's a great promotion for Kilkenny Camogie in general um, you know I suppose to have both teams in the one venue it allows you know it's it's it comes back to the simplest things it allows families who have who have girls involved in both panels to be able to actually get to the one venue instead of and halfway across the county you know to try and get to two matches um, you know it's great for the intermediates it's their opening round in their championship and you know they're going to be coming up against Clare 
I really I really feel like the intermediates have probably learned an awful lot from their loss to Leash in the Leinster campaign and you know I suppose at the time I was very critical of it because I you know I just I really just didn't think the performance was good enough and you know and anybody that I've met that has been involved if they've asked me I've said it straight to them as well you know and I think it was probably the kick up the bum that they needed really going into the going in championship they've been able to focus on themselves for the last couple of weeks and really just trying to maybe get their structure in place and have a look at new players and whatever the case may be We've been aided there, you know, a couple of new miners after coming into into the ranks there too. Yep. So, you know, it will be very interesting to see how Kilkenny go in the, in the first game. Kildare always put it up to Kilkenny. You know, it's not really, it's not a given that Kilkenny are going to, you know, beat, beat Kildare in any camogie match. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be a tough battle, but I think definitely the home advantage is going to is going to help with Kilkenny in this one. And I do, I would be expecting Kilkenny to come out, victory, come out with a victory in that game. Well, we're going to park the bus on that for a minute because I am hopefully going to be joined by Brian Dohany to discuss the uh, under 14 development squads the lowest uh, development squads that has been in action over the last couple of weekends and last weekend they were in Clare um, and came away with some very nice victories Brian are you there? Yeah, Martin, yeah. How are you going? Very well. Thank you very much for joining us. I think it's your first time as well in and come on kind with us. We don't normally have the development squads in, which is a pity because there's a lot of action going on with the development squads at the minute. We know that you were out last weekend as well. But bring us back to the clear tournament. I think it was the Munster one, if I'm not mistaken, and both the A and the, the B team, or the Ambers and the Blacks as they are known, actually came away with the victory. So tell us all about it. Yeah, no, we did. We were <clears throat> we were hosted in um Airog in Ennis last weekend, uh, backing on to Flannins. Um the Ambers had a, a very good start to the year, yeah. We beat Wexford, Clare and Cork and then a very strong Limerick team in the final. So that was yeah, that was top notch hard and it was very good. And the blacks then the same. They beat Wexford B, Tip B, Clare B and they beat a strong Galway team in the final as well and they got themselves a shield for that. So yeah, very very good weekend. On the the day after, then our stripes were up in um, Kiltail in Mead, and they lost their opening match to a very strong Derry team. But they went on and they beat um, Antrim in their second game, and they beat the Cork third team to finish off their day on high. The, the Antrim game in particular was a real it's a real win for for the stripes because that's Antrim's A team. You know, all those girls are up to the age. And like the give or take half of the stripes panel are under thirteen with an eye on next year. So that was a you know, a really a really impressive win for that group of girls. It certainly was. We've just been discussing the senior game with Antrim and Offaly there just a short time ago as well with the Anya um, and Antrim are progressing and doing an awful lot of work at underage level. So to actually come up against them and actually get a, a win against them is phenomenal, especially as you say, it's the Ray team. But you might tell the listeners anyway, Brian, this is a series of blitzes that's going on for numerous weekends uh, all over the country in different places. And I think it's going to accumulate then as well for back to the olden times for the All-Ireland Blitz that's going to be held just before the All-Ireland Final if I'm not mistaken so you might tell uh, people which I think we have uh, a Blitz included in Kilkenny and that um, coming up shortly Yeah that's right Um, to roll it back we were due to start the season uh, Dublin were supposed to come down with three teams in mid-April and that actually didn't go ahead Uh, Dublin pulled out of that for whatever reason so that was the the um, April outing, but we'll say one a month, uh, April, May, June, July, August. 
So five in total, and it's actually it's great to be, we'll say, be started post COVID now that we're back to blitzes and stuff like that, because it's a great day out for the girls. The eighteenth or nineteenth of June to be fixed, I suppose, fairly soon. Uh, I assume we're going to Port Leash, and that will be our Leinster blitz. So after that, then the middle of each month, carrying on for the rest of the year, and we're back in um, Croke Park to do the the walk around at half time for the All Ireland final. That's you know, that's a super occasion for the squad girls. Uh, it's, it's nice to be, hopefully the senior ladies up there keeping us company. It certainly is. It's a fantastic occasion to see the parade going on up there. The amount of teams taking part in the olden times before COVID struck because we haven't had blitzes now in a couple of years. But it's also great, as you say, that we have the three teams at under 14 level. The Stripes is kind of like an accumulation of girls that's going to be there again next year and hoping to get onto the Amber and the uh, the black teams as well. It must be a logistical nightmare though to have all the trials going ahead I mean, we're talking nearly, what, 70 players, give or take, between the three squads? Yeah, three panels of 24, so maximum of 72. We kicked off mid-February with approximately 160 girls sent in from the clubs. Uh, every club was represented, every club in the county was represented, and then we had the, the task of wearing it down over six weeks to, to fill our three panels. It's a tricky one because there's probably you know, a hundred of those girls are very close in standard and it's not the nicest job in the world, but 24 is the maximum per panel, so we have to pair back and that's it. Yeah, well, there's never nice cutting players from any group, um, but as you say, you're not there solely on your own, there's a good panel behind you as well, obviously you need a lot of uh, support behind to have three teams going, um, and especially when there are different days in the whole lot, so um, you might uh, just tell us who's behind you there as well, in the background, well, helping out with the teams. We have 12 extra mentors along with myself, so we've, um, all from all different clubs as well, We'll and all four counties with a uh, corners of the county are well covered as well so we start off Jarla Duggan in St. Anne's Theresa Healy Muckley uh, Adrian Wade Black and White uh, Brian Lahey James Stevens, myself from Tullerone uh, Jimmy O'Shea Carrick Shock uh, Karen Jones Glenn Moore Nikki Kelly Roar and SD um, Adrian sorry Alan ha- Alan Morrissey Bennett's Bridge um, Susan Fitzpatrick is James Fort and Denise Sheehy Good. Greg Namana. I think that's everybody. You're always, I think Alan will forgive you. I've been called worse as well. <laughs> Even the wrong name tonight a couple of times on a, a couple of interviews. But um, yeah, no, look, it, it is fantastic for the girls um, and for yourselves as well to be out every week training them. Then the blitzes every month as well. So it could be a very fruitful uh, end to the year, uh, Brian, for yourselves and all the girls if they keep going the way they did uh, a couple of weekends ago. And you could have a lot of trophies on the table at the end of the year. That's the hope anyway. That's the hope anyway. We started off well and we'll intend to carry on the way we started. Good man yourself, Brian. Well, the best of luck with the rest of us. And as we say, it's always nice to give a mention to all of the groups. And the Lowness Under 14 Development Squads is no different, having come away with two trophies a couple of uh, last, no, it wasn't last weekend, it was the weekend before, wasn't it? I'm right. So, yeah, yeah no, fantastic. And best of luck in the next one uh, next month coming up. And sure, hopefully by the time we get to the All Ireland, and fingers crossed, as you say, that we're there as well, we'll get you back on and uh, give the details of the parade for the All Ireland final. Will do. Perfect. Thanks very much, Mark. Perfect. Good man, Brian. That was.
yourself off there wrong button that was Brian Donny, the manager of our under 14 squads um, bringing everything together uh, and of course it is the Lonet squads so well done to Brian and all of the uh, people there Honey did you ever play in an under 14 team? Yeah I did it was actually my first time ever getting an introduction to Intercounty Camogie and it was I remember being I think I was in first year at the time Brendan Williams was um, over the under 14 squad and I remember being collected inside in Duro to go up to Galway to play a game um, I'd only been drafted in that week so I had no training done I didn't know anybody really until I got on the bus and there was a few familiar places but yeah it was great it was a great occasion um, I think there were still blitzes around then there weren't There's, actually yeah. it was the Le- no it actually Leinster had a Leinster final and it was a Leinster competition mm. that actually went and we were fairly successful yeah. um, with that as well uh, they changed it then uh, a couple of years and there was blitzes then was going on but the Leinster final was still there but yeah. it's great for all them girls like 72 girls to be wearing uh, the stripy jersey albeit the, the yeah. loan at jersey now is more kind of a, a tigerish kind of a, a yellow yeah. colour with claw marks in it it's actually lovely um, as well but it's great for all them girls to be going out training every week and then going along and getting a bit of silverware at the end of the year as well yeah it certainly is it's brilliant and I remember actually being down at um, there was a they were at a blitz down in Bursley there a couple of years ago I must be talking four or five years ago or could have been actually longer Sinead Farrell I know was playing on the under 14 squad and it was the sheer excitement of nearly 200 screaming 14 year olds running around the place and <laughs> <laughs> you know not the place to be if you have a headache you know but you know it was great you know, the facilities are excellent they had about three or four different games going on you know Cork were there Tip were there Kilkenny were there I think Offaly could have been there as well but it was great to see like and you know, just the crowds that were there and, you know, parents coming along to, to, to support them and watching the get as well. You know, I suppose that's kind of, it's the start of, it's the start of any player's inter-county career and, you know, it, you don't necessarily have to be on the A team at under 14 level to make it as one of the nope. top senior players. You know, we've we've often seen, you know, some of the, the great hurling stories to, to come uh, to come around, you know, that, you know, they could have started off on a, a C or a D team or they might have even been picked for an under 14 or an under 16 squad team and they're still, you know, making making a name for themselves and being some of the top players in the country Exactly well we wish them well because I know we've been involved in a lot of the blitzes that was held out in the Kells Road in mm-hmm. fairness they had four pitches was the only venue that we could really bring a, a huge blitz to Yeah, I mean even the likes of having Galway come down down came down to a couple of them as well like to travel that distance early in the morning getting mm-hmm. up at 6 o'clock to be on the road like and uh, be in Kilkenny for 10 o'clock and all it just shows the commitment of a lot of players um, that want to play top camogie and no better places to be doing it than in the, the tier 1 county and playing with the best of them as well so yeah the best look to Brian and the rest of the uh, the panel that was there I suppose getting back to the uh, All-Ireland Championship you did say about the Kadir and Kilkenny that you were hopeful and Kilkenny were going to win that one so this is the first round of games that's going to be on this week end so we are in group two as well so we'll stick with group two at the minute and Wexford and Cork in the intermediate battle now we know Wexford is up um, from junior after winning the junior All-Ireland last year Cork has been there thereabouts has won a couple of All-Irelands recently Um, you know so how do you see this one going? Do you know what? I think this is probably maybe a step too far for this Wexford team, albeit that they were absolutely excellent in the Junior All-Ireland last year. Um, 
I would just feel that Cork have been so dominant really you know at all levels uh, underage and at intermediate level for them for many year now I know they may not have you know transpired and won intermediate All-Irelands but they're always there thereabouts they're always competing in All-Ireland semi-finals or All-Ireland finals you would have to imagine that Cork will be coming out victors in that I would imagine that they're going to have some of their minor squad that are after winning the, the minor All-Ireland as well this year so you know I think that's going to be that's going to be a big a big thing for Cork and I do think Cork will come out victory in that OK so we're putting you down for Cork on that one uh, then I suppose the uh, the clash maybe of that round is going to be Derry and Meath that's not going to be an easy one Derry has been uh, a senior county with a good few years we've played them it has mm-hmm. been tough battles we know that Meath have been there or thereabouts they've been in the Division 1 league before as well they've got promoted so how do you see this one panning out it's a home game for Jerry mind yeah and you know what Derry is possibly one of the worst places to actually have to go to travel to to play a match whatever it is about when you go up there up there, it's completely different and they make it very much well known that you're coming into their territory and it's they have this the, the crowds that come up to support them is phenomenal um, I do think with the home advantage in this though I think Derry will have a little bit too much for me than this case um, so I would be fancying Derry to come out of that yeah game. not nice in a good way though we have to say yeah but it, it, it is intimidating, oh, all yeah. right. To uh, it's like any team coming to Kilkenny. Correct. Sure. It's you know it's it's not it's not a place where you want to be going. You're basically going down to the Dragons Den. Yeah. To be fair, like and you know that's what supporters I supporters are very passionate yeah. there. And I know we've played many a game in Swatra. Lovely people. Pitch yeah. is absolutely immaculate um, up there, and it's actually a, a strange kind of a venue because the cars are actually parked on the uh, the banks going around mm-hmm. Swatra, so you can actually sit in the car if it's raining and watch the game and the whole yeah, lot. It's but quite high up. It is. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's very high up so you actually do not have to get out of your car there um, but yeah no it's, it's a good bit up it's a good journey up as well so you know it definitely is um, you know it, it's definitely going to be a good game but I do think Derry will be coming out there with a victory uh, I know Meyer McCloy will be certainly happy that you're uh, tipping Derry on that one we'll move then to group one and like the Kerry hurlers that was out at the weekend Kerry have a home game against Leash in this as well so you know, Kerry just uh, recently promoted, if I'm not mistaken, um, going back uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So how do you see this one going against uh, a Leash team that has probably struggled a bit in the league this year? Yeah, but in saying that then, Leash beat Kilkenny in a Leinster in a Leinster quarter final, Leinster semi final. You know, like, and I think they would have, I think they would have gotten massive encouragement from that and a massive bit of confidence in seeing Leash play. Like, they're not a bad team. They've got some fine Camogie players there. They really, really do. And you know, it looks like a brand new management team. Well, from when I last seen Leash, Leash playing Camogie, it's a new yeah, management no, you're team. Right, yeah, and they do have a lot of really good, tasty hurlers. There's an Amy Collier, I think if I am not mistaken is her name playing as centre forward Correct, for, yeah. um, for Leash she's phenomenal and on a place ball she will not miss it we've actually like, seen her sure against Barrow Rangers today yeah. with Michel. Yeah, like unbelievable really, like really really good um, I just think uh, no against Cameras with Camera, yeah, sorry, Camera, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a different county there now, Martin. You same colours, <laughs> same colours. That was what put me um, off. But yeah, do you know what? I think in this instance, I was, I, I would always be a massive fan of Kerry Camogie, and I think like they do do a lot of work there. But I just think Leash, I think Leash should be getting the victory in this. Only thing is having to go down to Kerry. What a journey you have to go down there too. Um, but I do, I do think that Leash should be coming out victory in that. 
God, I'm getting daggers from all over the place here beside me. So you're tipping leash anyway for mm-hmm. the... Uh, very the car- slightly now. But very slightly, right. Uh, that brings us then to Galway and Carlo um, at the weekend. And that is a huge journey for uh, Carlo. It is a home game for Galway. So how do you see this one panning out for our neighbours? I know. And you know what... <laughs> if it was any other team that Carlo were maybe coming up against in, in this outing I just think Galway are going to have enough, are going to have too much on them I think there is like a surgence of confidence in Galway at the moment and it's like the whole Camogie world has just been lifted there and I, and I do think that Galway will be coming out victory in that game I think it's a tough it's a tough task for Carlo especially to have to go to Galway um, but I do think that Galway Galway will be coming out of victory there. Yeah, and we've spoke about this, I suppose, having the two teams uh, mm-hmm. in Galway training together as well. And, yeah. you know, Cahill having both teams and preparing them very, very well. So, yeah, uh, which brings us then to uh, Westmead against Dublin's intermediate team as well, which is the last game of the adult Glen Dimplex Championships over the weekend. So, give us your thoughts on this one I think for this particular game I think the fact that Westmead have been playing at Senior Leinster Championship they're playing maybe a higher quality team I would be expecting Westmead to come out in victory in this game in saying that Dublin you know very young team seems to come through I know that they played Kilkenny in a challenge match there not so long ago um, but I do think that Westmead I do think Westmead will have the upper hand on this in this game Okay, short and sweet on yep. that one. So we give it to Westmead. So recapping it then in Group One, you're giving victories to Leash, Galway, Westmead, and in Group Two, then we have Cork, Derry, and Kilkenny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I have to say, you had a good record last week. You have a good record in fairness. Um, when they're going, we don't have any under sixteen starting yes, they are not starting until the twenty uh, sixth of June. We did mention the schools competitions which were going along nicely um last weekend. So I'm just trying to pick them up here. So uh, last Thursday there was victories for St. Uh, no, there was actually victories for Freshford over St. Aidan's. There was victories for Conaghy over Castlecomer. Uh, Johnstown had 11. Yes, Johnstown beat Skiok, I think, looking at that result. And uh, Bunskull Macaulay Reach of Callan came away victories against Piltown and I know I was refereeing the one between Tullahar Ross Berkin and Glen Moore and it was victory for Tullahar in that one and I'm just trying to see if there's any other ones and I can't actually see any other ones at the minute so that brings us on then to the fixtures for this weekend and I did have them here somewhere uh, where is my fixtures gone Lil I don't have them have you the fixtures? God, you're very unprepared now, Dave. I do. I have now look here. I, I have a really load of paper here in front of me. The rest of us are coming here, fully, <laughs> fully organised with our clipboards and our pens and the whole lot, and you can't even get your fixtures organised. That's terrible. I can't. I don't actually know where they're gone. This is so uh, terrible. Right, where is? Uh, the Kilkenny Camogie gone on me and this terrible that well technology is a great thing so anyway we will go down very very quickly of course this is the KCLR uh, 96FM once there's another result just gone up as well um, in the schools competition so we have a couple more of them that's after being put up so there was victories for Gordon over Thomastown 
there was victories for the Roaring Steag over St. John of God's and there was victories no wonder the, the producers here beside me for Coon Muckalee over Wine Gap uh, also looking down at it there was victories for the Roaring Steag over Moonkine there was victories for Tullerone over Ballyhale and there was also victories in the preliminary rounds for Glenmore beat Mullinavat which is why they were playing Tullahurt Ross Birkin in that game which brings us to many a semi-final so we have Tullerone and Arlingford playing in a school semi-final on Thursday now that's a right one for you Anya mm. 3 o'clock playing in Freshford and all yeah if I wasn't working it fortunately is. they're going to have to put these matches around people that have the a Monday to Friday <laughs> 9 to 5 jobs there now no gives gives a chance to get out anyway come on you're a Tullerone person and you're coming up uh, I suppose maybe you did go to school in Arlingford at some stage you yeah. told me as well yeah. so yeah how do you see this one going <laughs> that's so hard to call <laughs> it really is I don't know like I haven't seen anything in relation to the primary schools you know and I do you know what and I'm not going I'm going to be very political in this and I'm not going to make a call on it go away you um, chance you, you, no. ne- you never sit on the fence so I am, you don't I am going to be the hurler on defence at in this one <laughs> you know it, it's, they're, they're impossible to call the school games they really really are they're actually great for I look yeah. at the, oh, the one brilliant. I done it was yeah. fantastic to be able to, to be involved in it um, and even having the teachers and the whole lot involved in it so that brings us then to the other school's final or semi-final I should say on Thursday between Tullahar and Freshford and that's going to be a battle of the mm-hmm. stripy jerseys what well and I'm sure Paula Dowling will be absolutely running amok at that game as and well what's next more week. she's listening to us I'm going to be in the middle of that one <laughs> Which is going to be great. Is that an unfair advantage straight away now? Or, or, is, or is it a disadvantage for her? Probably a disadvantage even because I give favouritism to nobody at this stage. Like oh, people know. should know that. I know. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, moving along swiftly from that one then, we have the uh, Ryan D semi-final between Paulstown and Johnstown. That's also going ahead at half past three on Thursday. Moving along to Friday, I can only see one fixture down for that one and that is the Roaring Steag versus Coon Muckley. That's going ahead at an early time in uh, the roar I'm assuming that is because it's or in a seek I should say because the pitch is just across the road from us um, so that's going ahead at one o'clock and as far as I can see that is all the fixtures for the school's competitions which are running along nicely and hopefully at the end of to the middle of June I should say towards the end of maybe middle, uh, middle of June that we will have a festival of Camogie in uh, UPMC Nolan Park where all of the school finals can come together play them all in the one go and give people a great shout to be able to watch a fantastic sport but um, yeah even though all the pa- now look you're telling me I'm not prepared look at all the paper that's here in front of me and I couldn't even have the school's fixtures set in front of me that's the producer's fault now and I'm blaming her tonight one way or another and I can do that because she's far enough away from me without getting a clatter across the back of the head here as she moves very close to me on that one but that is all we have time for here from the KCLR 96FM studios tonight on episode number 17 of Come On Kind don't forget to uh, tune into KCLR or 96 FM live on Saturday for both live games of Kilkenny versus Galway or Kilkenny versus Kildare in the Glendimplex Intermediate uh, first round game and also in the Glendimplex Senior second round game Kilkenny and Limerick that's on at 4 o'clock 
And don't forget to tune in to wherever you get your podcast from. It's available on scoreline.ie. It's available on kclr96fm.com. And it's also available on the KCLR app, the new app, wherever you also get your podcast from. Don't forget to download it, subscribe, have a listen and enjoy our bit of crack that we always have here on a Monday night doing the Come On Kind podcast. But until next Monday evening, reviewing hopefully two victories over the weekend. It's goodbye from myself and Anya here this evening. Thank you. Goodbye. This is Come On Kind with Martin Clotty and Onya Fahmi. Oh